Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Here's a new episode for you. And uh, this one is sponsored by Spoken. Spoken helps people all around the world to improve their English through messaging platforms like WhatsApp, WeChat, Viber, Facebook Messenger. If it's a a messaging platform, they'll probably use it. And uh, with Spoken, you're connected to a native English speaking coach and you can take lessons anytime you want that focus on the English that you need for real life situations to improve your speaking, listening and comprehension skills. It's like having an English teacher in your pocket. The guys at Spoken are offering all of you, my listeners, two free lessons so you can check it out and see if you like the service, and then 20% off all of their courses. To get those free lessons and the discount, go to getspoken.com slash LEP or click a Spoken logo on my website. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing today? I hope you're doing all right. Here's a new episode. And today, I'm talking about how I make episodes of this podcast, including details about the technical side, like all of the gear that I use and how I use it, and also the creative side, uh, meaning how I come up with ideas and then make them into episodes. I've also decided to make sure that there's plenty of language content in this one too. I mean, obviously, it's all English. These are all words, uh, you know, but uh, what I mean is that later on, I'm going to highlight certain bits of vocabulary that will come up in my descriptions, including ways of talking about technical things like recording audio, some uses of the word get, which is one of the most commonly occurring verbs in the English language, and also just some other fixed expressions and bits of language that I think are worth pointing out to you. So as you listen to this, as you listen to me explaining and describing things throughout this episode, you can watch out for vocab and try to predict which bits you think I will be explaining later, okay? So even if you're not completely married to the subject matter of this episode, you can just try to get through the bits that um, uh, I'm talking about uh, regarding how I make the podcast. Just just try to get through those bits and try to spot some vocab and then hold on until the end when you'll hear me going through that language for you, which should help you to get your head around it all. In fact, did you notice that I've already used get several times? Did you notice that? Um, I said, uh, try to get through the bits I say about recording equipment and um, also to help you get your head around it all, okay? Uh, Try to get through the bits about uh, how I make the podcast and uh, to help you get your head around it all, all right? So two phrases with get already. The first one is to get through something, meaning to, to finish it or pass from one end to the other. 
for example, I've just got to get through this work or I've got loads of emails to get through, meaning I've got to kind of read them all. You know, you know when you go back to work after a holiday and you've got loads of emails and you can't do anything before you've got through all those emails. Um, or another example would be, um, I know it's hard when you have depression, but don't give up, you'll get through it. Okay, so to get through something. And also, I said to get your head around it all. Uh, to get your head around something means basically to understand it. Um, it's often used in the negative form, like I just can't get my head around all this technology. I can't get my head around all this recording equipment. It's too confusing. Or I can't get my head around this tax return. It's a nightmare. There are too many documents. Okay, so watch out for that kind of thing. Um, other uses of get and more expressions, and I'll be highlighting and explaining it all later on. But now let's get back to the topic of this episode, which is how I make episodes of Luke's English Podcast. And um, just to explain why I've chosen to do this episode today, here is a message that I got uh, not long ago from a Lepster in Spain. And the message goes like this. Hello, Luke. My name is Carlos, and I'm a listener of your podcast. I'm from Barcelona. Hello, Carlos in Barcelona. Where are the hats? Donde esta los sombreros? Yet again, I'm still asking where they are. That's the only thing I can say in Spanish. I don't know why. Donde esta los sombreros? I'm not even sure if it's correct. Anyway, the Carlos said this. He said, first of all, I'd like to congratulate you. Your podcast is excellent. Well, thanks a lot, Carlos. That's very nice of you to say so. Um, it's very nice. Um, it helps me to improve my English and it's also fun. Hence, I think it's a way of learning English without realising that I'm actually studying it. In addition, I'd like to suggest a topic to be talked about in one of your programmes. It would be great if you told us how you record a podcast, like, for example, how you prepare it and record it and what software and hardware you use. Well, it would be fun to know what the podcast is like. Sometimes I wonder about the insides of it. I hope you like my suggestion. Yours sincerely, J. Carlos uh, Mena. Well, um, thanks for the message, Carlos. And I do get quite a lot of messages like that, actually, from people asking me either about the technical side of the podcast making process, like what kind of equipment, what kind of gear that I use, or the creative side, like, for example, where I get the inspiration for episodes, how I come up with ideas and things like that. Um, not long ago, there was a little comment, uh, uh, conversation going on in the comments section about that. Um, so I've been meaning to do this episode for a while now. And so finally, I'm glad to have actually got round to doing it at last. Okay, so let's talk about what goes into the, 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 uh, the making of episodes uh, of this podcast. And um, the whole process, I'm going to talk about the whole process from me starting from scratch to you eventually listening to the podcast at the end. And if I'm doing it correctly, you ultimately learning some English and maybe even getting the giggles on a bus somewhere while other people give you weird looks, if I have managed to amuse you at all. So... Um, this might get a little bit technical later on when I go into some detail about the technology I use, which could get a little bit geeky. It might get geeky later on. Um, essentially, it's going to go 
it's going to go like this. I'll talk about the creative side and coming up with ideas. Then I'll talk about the technical side. And then at the end, I'll be dealing with language. This might happen over several episodes, I think. So this could get a little bit geeky later. And to be honest, I'm also a little bit concerned that talking about my own podcast like this is a bit self-indulgent. You know, like just talking about my own podcast making process. But saying that, I do get messages like this quite a lot. So I think there's enough interest in this for me to spend some time answering it. And don't forget, I'm also presenting you uh, language. I'm presenting language to you in this episode. I'm using the whole subject to kind of give you some language in context, which I will be explaining and clarifying later, okay? Also, uh, this might be directly sort of useful to you. You might even be interested in setting up your own podcast uh, for whatever reason on whatever subject. Uh, Podcasting is amazing, and I'm so glad to be doing it myself. You might want to get into it too, and this episode could help with that. Um, Now, what kind of podcast could you make, you might be thinking? What kind of podcast could I do? Well, there's loads of things you could talk about. Uh, You could talk about your experiences of learning English, or in fact, any other subject that you know about. If there's something that you know about or that you're passionate about, um, something that maybe you could offer to other people, if you've got knowledge that other people don't know about, it might be worth setting up a podcast. Um, and, you know, talking about English, it can be good practice, actually, to record yourself speaking English on your own podcast. Uh, there are other podcasters out there, like, for example, Zdenek Lukas from Zdenek's English Podcast, or Daniel Goodson from uh, My Fluent Podcast, both of whom produce episodes in English about language learning and other things. I should probably give special mention to Zdenek, who's been doing his podcast for ages now, a little bit longer than Daniel. But Daniel also um, is obviously kind of working quite hard to produce episodes of his podcast too. So it's really cool that other people are doing it. Podcasting can also lead to some unexpected things. It can help you with your English and also it can just open doors for you. Like, for example, Zdenek got a teaching job off the back of his podcast, for example. So I recommend it to everyone. I love podcasting. I'm a big advocate for podcasting. It can be good for your English and it can be good for your life in general. But where do you start? That's the thing. Where do you start? Um, Well, in theory, it can be very easy to set up a podcast. You find a podcast host online, like, for example, the one that I use these days, which is libsyn.com, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Um, you get some inspiration to record something. You record yourself talking. You turn it into an audio file. You then control your podcast settings and you get it published to iTunes and to other online services and Bob's your uncle. Okay, that's the theory anyway. That's the theory. In practice, it's actually a little bit more complicated. For example, Amber recently set up her own podcast. Amber, who you know, one of the pod pals, Uh, She recently set up her own uh, podcast and she asked me for some technical help in doing it. And that made me realise that although podcasting in theory is a simple thing that anyone can do, like the way I just said now, in practice it's actually quite complex, especially if you're serious about doing it in the right way. 
So creating some content, recording your voice properly, making it into a compressed MP3 file, and then making that available uh, for people to download, um, and then getting people to download it actually involves quite a lot of steps. Now, I've been doing this for a few years now, so I've built up my technical know-how bit by bit. Um, You know, it's just been a gradual process of kind of building up the know-how step by step. And it's only when Amber recently asked me for my help and my advice in setting up her podcast that I realised how much experience I have built up about this now. Now, when I talked to Amber, a lot of my advice just went straight over her head, just straight over her head, which is quite possibly what's going to happen in this episode with you. Um, But ultimately, I think that I was able to give her some useful tips in setting up her podcast, which is available now, by the way, of course, at panampodcast.com. So I guess I do have quite a lot to share with you. And I hope that you find it interesting. It's not just the technical stuff. It's also the creative side, which is how to come up with ideas, how to get them across to an audience. And even if you're not interested in... um, in in setting up a, a podcast of your own, I think actually you could apply quite a lot of my comments in this episode to other things that you might be doing, such as, for example, how to do presentations, public speaking, creative writing, blogging, or indeed any other kind of communication or creative work. Um, also, I'd like to say that, you know, I'm not professing to be an expert or anything, and a lot of the time, Uh, when I'm doing this, I feel like I'm just feeling my way through the process, you know, and just working it out as I go along. But I'm just telling you what I know, and hopefully you can take things from this and apply them to the things that you do. And if you aren't involved in any creative or technical work yourself, then I would say that your challenge is simply to try and see this from my point of view if you can, and also try and spot those bits of language like phrases with get. Now, um, I'd like you to just, at this point, to just put yourself in my shoes. Imagine yourself, right? Imagine that you want to record and publish some episodes uh, of a podcast on a topic that you know about or that you're really enthusiastic about, okay? You want to do it. You've decided, okay, I'm going to sort of uh, start my own podcast. How exactly would you do it? Put yourself in my shoes, and it might help you to keep up with all of the technical stuff that you're going to hear later. Um, So, this episode, this episode is basically now a podcast about podcasting and by the way there are some people out there who make their living from doing just that podcasting about podcasting giving advice on everything relating to making podcasts podcasting is a big industry now i think it's i th- i think it's bigger than radio or it's definitely going to be bigger than radio it's certainly growing much faster than radio which is on a steady downward trend, like podcasting has been on an upward trend over the last five to ten years, whereas radio is, if anything, it's just plateaued or maybe even on a downward trend. Um, So podcasting uh, has become one of the most well-established forms of media these days, even though not many people talk about it. Everyone talks about YouTube and Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat and stuff like that, but podcasts are like the ninjas of media. They're like media ninjas. And media ninjas, that's actually a pretty good name for a podcast, I I think. 
Can you imagine that? Hi, you're listening to the Media Ninjas podcast, where we efficiently slice through the media this week. Um, You could set up Media Ninjas uh, if you want to. Anyway, uh, podcasting is... Um, is big and it's great. And one of the most well-established podcasters on the internet is a guy called Cliff Ravenscraft, who's also known as the Podcast Answer Man. He's worth listening to if you're interested in setting up your own podcast. He's um, He's got lots of tips and advice, and it just shows how much work is involved. So uh, check out the Cliff Ravenscraft show, or simply Google Podcast Answer Man, and you'll see an example of someone who is making their living just from podcasting about podcasting. That's how uh, that's how big it is these days. So what is the podcast making process? Well, here are a few different aspects of the process of making a podcast, okay? A few different aspects. First of all, there's the creative process, which is basically how you come up with ideas and then turn them into content. There's the performance process which is how you actually bring those ideas to life in a convincing and enjoyable way, like how you actually talk or communicate or perform your ideas in the right way when you're recording and then get the right results. This is how to actually get the message across and talk while recording. Basically, I'm talking about presenting skills or performing skills. Um, I do think it's a kind of performance, even though... The goal of doing this is to sound natural like it's not a performance, it's still a performance, which is a bit weird. The idea is you want to try and come across like you're just talking like a normal person, being all natural, but that's actually quite difficult to do. So in a sense, you have to practice and learn how to perform being normal, okay? So there's the performance process. Um... And then also there's the technical process, which is all the gear that you use to record your voice, how you make it sound half decent, and then get it online, you know, how to get those files online. And then there's a marketing process, like how to get people to know about what you're doing and how to get people to listen. There's the monetizing process as well, uh, which is how to make sure that you're not losing money by doing this and how it can support you like a job, possibly, so that you can keep doing it. Uh, That's certainly true for my case. I want to keep doing this because it's lots of fun. So finding ways of monetizing it is kind of essential. If I can't monetize it, then I probably won't be doing it. Um, And then also there's things like the strategic process, which is the long-term plans for the podcast in terms of what kind of episodes I'm going to upload and what I'm going to do with the podcast long-term. What's the long-term strategy? So there's a hell of a lot that goes into doing it. I'm hoping to cover most of these things here to some extent. Um, I think that it's going to be more than one episode, but I promise to do my best to keep it interesting, okay? I'm going to do my best to keep it interesting. And don't forget the language as well. Have you noticed any more uses of, of get yet? Have you noticed any juicy bits of language that you'd like me to clarify? Well, keep your ears open. There will be more and it will be explained later on. Um, I'm I'm doing that because I want you to get used to noticing different bits of language. Um, I want you to get the hang of noticing language, and I want you to be able to get the most out of these episodes, all right? So let's keep going. Let's get started properly. Let's get on with it. Let's get down to business. And um, talking about this podcast, there are a few different types of episode 
that I do. And each type of episode requires a slightly different process. So there are basically episodes where, where I'm on my own and episodes with other people. Okay. So starting with episodes on my own, um, here are a few different sort of types of episode when it's just me. So there are episodes where I'm just rambling with absolutely no preparation, just talking completely off the top of my head on the spur of the moment. Uh, then there are episodes where I'm rambling with some notes to guide me. Uh, this means that I've done a bit of preparation before and I just kind of write a few notes to give me guidance and then I press the record button and start speaking using those notes to just guide me through. Then there are episodes with a partial script which I've written in advance and which is the basis of the episode but I kind of go off script quite a lot too. So kind of partly scripted, partly improvised. I try not to write scripts too often because I think episodes are best when they're improvised. It, you know, if you're just talking sort of um, uh, spontaneously, I think it makes it sound a bit more natural. Um, but sometimes I want to be really careful about what I say and the way that I say it. Or it's because there's so much information to collect that I can't really remember it all. So I have to write a lot of it down. And then there are episodes which are completely written in advance. Every single word is written down and then read out word for word. And to be honest, it's quite rare that I write down every single word before I record. This hardly ever happens, to be honest. Um, and so that's episodes where I'm on my own. Um, and uh, then there are episodes with other people. Like, for example, a one-to-one -one interview or a chat with a couple of people like Amber and Paul... So either me and one person, one-to-one, -one, or with multiple guests, okay? So in those kinds of episodes, I have to prepare some questions or prepare tasks or activities, uh, okay? And just sort of prepare those things, like questions, tasks, or activities, but everything else is spontaneous. Um, often I have to prepare the person I'm talking to a little bit, like I tell them what kind of thing I usually talk about on the podcast. I might tell them where my audience is from, how they should approach the recording and stuff like that. You know, they need to know that they're talking to people who, um, you know, don't speak English as a first language and they might not know a lot of the cultural references and things. It might be necessary to explain things. Generally, I tell people that they should just relax and be themselves because I'm trying to capture sort of authentic, natural English. But they should remember that they're talking to an international audience so it might be necessary to explain a few things, particularly uh, cultural references that uh, you, the audience, might not be aware of. Um, I try not to um, sort of speak really slowly and slow it all down. Now, that's a kind of interesting point, I think, because to an extent, if as a teacher, right, if you're talking to a class full of students, it may be necessary to grade your English. Okay, but I think that we need to be careful as teachers about doing that too much. If we're grading our English too much, making it too easy, uh, on one hand that's good because everyone can understand everything and it's very good for your confidence and you can notice language more easily. But then on the other hand, it's not necessarily preparing people for the kind of English that they're going to come across in the real world. So I'm of the opinion that there's a balance to be struck, that it... that. Um, you try and speak clearly and try and communicate really clearly, but try not to speak too slowly, you know? So it's kind of a balance between the two. Now, uh, the amount of preparation that I do before having a guest 
uh, on the podcast depends entirely on the guest, really. With someone like David Crystal, it was necessary to do loads of preparation in advance because he's like a, a VIP guest and his time is especially precious. And also, there is specific information I want to get from someone like that. So with David Crystal, it's like all of his knowledge and his um, experience and the things he knows about language. So so with him, it was necessary to prepare a lot more, like to read up on his recent work and make sure that I asked him about some of his recent projects and stuff like that. But with other guests like my friends who I invite on because we just want to have a fun chat um, for you to listen to, there's not that much preparation that I can do. In fact, if you get too focused on controlling everything, then it can spoil the spirit of the recording. And, you know, if you're trying to uh, sort of uh, control the content too much when you've got other people there, it can actually stifle things. Uh, so often it's best to just try and let the conversation go where it wants to go rather than trying to control it all. Um, listening is really important. You have to really listen to your guests and, and sort of follow their train of thought. Uh, you have to learn how to fly by the seat of your pants to an extent and just kind of follow that person, really listen to what they're saying and respond to it kind of in the moment. Um, and that hopefully should allow them to tell you more revealing things uh, in the process. I'm still working on my interview technique. Um, there are definitely things I could improve, like just, for example, just letting people speak. Sometimes I think I butt in with um, with a few, with comments and things like that sometimes. Uh, but I think conversations with other people are uh, where the podcast is is most authentic. Then, of course, there's occasions on the podcast where I'm using recordings which I find online like bits of YouTube videos which I play uh, you know play play recordings analyze the language break it down uh, like in the re- recent episode about Bill Bailey and I try to do that live by playing the audio uh, and pausing the audio and then talking um, and um, and doing it that way sometimes it's possible to add audio clips in post-production as well how are you doing, everyone? You still okay? You still alive? 25 minutes in? You're still with me, right? Good, 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 good. How about this? How about if I just sort of um, play some music again in the background just to make sure that you are, um, that you're with me? Okay, here we go. I'm doing this just to keep your attention up. This is about, what, two minutes of music, okay? Just to make sure that you're concentrating. Let me carry on. So most episodes have to be prepared these days because I want to make sure that they have something to offer beyond me just rambling about whatever comes into my head. And I want the content to be right, okay? But in any case, some episodes require loads of preparation in the form of research, writing, rewriting, language preparation, and so on. And other episodes require virtually no preparation at all. So now then, let me bang on about the whole process of coming up with ideas, recording those ideas, and then getting people to hear them. How's this music? Uh-huh. That sounds like the most... It's like the most random band. That's This is actually music that I get from a, a website called... Oh, what's it called now? Uh, uh, hold on. Duke Deck. That's it, Duke Deck. Duke Deck's pretty interesting because they basically... They make, um, like, background music and they use, like, algorithms to do it. So that music that you are hearing there, 
it's just created by software. So that's not made by a human. That's that's rock music made by a robot. And, I mean, it's quite obvious that it's made by a robot, don't you think? If you actually listen to it, it sounds a bit kind of meandering and random, as if there isn't actually a human, like, a, 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 actually a human person uh, making it. It's just weird, random stuff that sounds vaguely like rock music. It's not bad, actually, for a robot. Not bad, really. I think, I wonder if one day all of our music will be created by robots. <laughs> I want you to just imagine now, like, a group of robots all rocking out in a studio somewhere. Like, robot, like, sort of music, rock and roll robots. Yeah, here's the breakdown. This is where the bass, the robot uh, bass player gets to do his thing. There's like a robot drummer there in the background as well. Here comes the guitarist again. Come on. Yeah. These robots know how to rock. Let's see if they can end the song properly. Because like when you're in a band, one of the most difficult things is to end the song in the right way. Sometimes the song just sort of falls apart at the end. Let's see if these robots are capable of ending the song in an awesome way. Come on, robots. Yeah, they managed to end the song okay as well. Not bad for a, for a group of robots. Anyway, it's uh, it's not actually made by real robots. It's made by computer algorithms and stuff. Anyway, right, what, what was I saying? Let me now bang on about the whole process of coming up with ideas, recording them, and then getting people to hear them, all right? So um, the pre-recording part, so before I even actually uh, turn on the microphone and stuff, the pre-recording section... Um, so I have to have an idea and then try and imagine what could go into the, the episode in terms of subject matter, language, and just whether I feel there are certain things I could say about it. In my opinion, a good episode of the podcast should tick a few boxes. It should have some interest to my audience in terms of subject matter or language content. Uh, it, it should be something that I just need to or want to talk about because... If I'm interested in it, then the enthusiasm comes true. Uh, comes through. The enthusiasm just comes through if, if I'm interested in it. And I think that's something that you can take away from this as well. If you ever have to do a presentation or something, one of the most sort of important things is that you develop a certain enthusiasm for the subject you're talking about. Because if you actually care about what you're talking about, it really comes through. And um, it makes the, the, the presentation a lot more enjoyable for the people who are, who, who are watching it. So, um, I, you know, it has to be a subject that I personally really want to talk about uh, to try and make it uh, interesting to listen to. Um, it should have some simple entertainment value or at least something a little bit different or a bit deeper, like a slightly more personal touch or just a topic um, which is captivating, like a good story or something like that. And 
I want to make episodes a bit more real somehow than the kind of thing that you would find on on established media stations that are perhaps a, a bit careful and a bit safe while also, you know, making it professionally made. What am I trying to say? I want the podcast to be... I guess a bit more personal than the stuff that you might get on, let's say, the BBC. I, mean, I think BBC content is brilliant, but it's so slick and so well made and so kind of corporate in a way that it loses some of that personal charm, the personal touch. Uh, but it's really well made. So I want to have something that's got a personal touch but is also professionally made as well. That's the idea anyway. I can't say I always achieve what I set out to achieve, but I do my best. You know, you can only do your best, right? Um, Luckily, um, because this is a learning English podcast, the topics available to me are almost endless. And in fact, the more topics I cover, the better. Uh, Because the more ground I cover, the more stuff I talk about, the more vocabulary I'm going to end up using. Um, And uh, so I happen to be pretty interested in most things and i hope that you my audience is also interested in a a wide range of things um that's the cool thing about doing a learning english podcast you can kind of talk about anything and it's worthwhile because you end up covering more language so really um the world is my oyster i can talk about any topic under the sun um there's loads of culture to explore like kind of british culture or the culture of the english language and also i just love sharing things and and entertaining people so i'm pretty much never at a loss for what to talk about um uh on the podcast but putting together a coherent episode on a topic that's the challenge um and um so i write down my ideas in google documents that's what I use. I find Google Documents to be the most convenient way to kind of keep all my ideas written down because, um, you know, they're just very simple. Uh, I have tabs open on my computer with kind of Google Documents where I can kind of write my ideas in. Uh, you can access Google Documents from anywhere as long as you've got the internet. Um, you can, you know, they're all stored in the cloud, which makes it really convenient. I can access them on my phone or other computers if I'm away from home. And I actually have a, a folder um uh I, in my google drive uh with loads and loads of google documents in it um and like a huge to-do list with something like over a hundred half prepared episodes like over a hundred documents where i've started preparing something they're like half prepared or it's just a few little ideas or it's like almost completely prepared ideas which um um, I'm planning to finally get round to recording one day. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever get them all done. This is actually one of those episodes. This episode was a half-formed idea on a Google document for, for a few months. So I'm really glad to have actually got round to, to recording it now. So you're doing all right there, folks. How are you doing? I'm just checking in on you again here at this point. Are you still with me? Carlos, is this the kind of thing you wanted me to talk about? Carlos. Carlos? Carlos! Oh, he's gone. He's gone. Where's Carlos? Has anyone seen Carlos? No? Can we send out a search team for Carlos, please? Sweep the area! We've got a missing Lepster. He's disappeared back into the shadows in the dark undergrowth of the internet. Carlos, if you are there, let us know. Get in touch, eh? Okay. 
get in touch. Did you hear that one? There's another get expression. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk now about how I get ideas. Okay. Um, and just to keep you focused at this point, I'd like you to just think for a moment about these questions. We're talking now about getting ideas, coming up with ideas, which is something that doesn't just apply to, you know, doing this podcast. Everyone has to come up with ideas, right? Um, I think so. I think that's true. So here are some questions for you to consider about getting ideas. So are you someone who has to come up with ideas, maybe because of your job or your studies? Do you have to regularly come up with ideas? Do you have to make new things or solve problems? How do you come up with those those ideas? How do you get your ideas? Where do the ideas come from? Right? Where do they come from? Do you ever have ideas, like really good ideas, like maybe just before you go to sleep at night, you might be lying there, just, you know, drifting off, and you suddenly think, oh, and you have an idea, and you think, oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to make that into a real thing, and it'll be brilliant. I'll do it in the morning. And then you go to sleep with a smile on your face, because you've had a great idea. And then in the morning, you're eating your cornflakes, and you just have this kind of itching feeling on the back of your neck, and you scratch it, and that's it. That's all that happened to the idea. You forgot about it completely during the night, and it just turned into a little itch that you just scratched away, and it's gone. Where do the ideas go? Where do they come from? And then where do they go when you forget them? I don't know. Um, also, how does it feel to come up with ideas? What's What does it sound like in your head? Does it sound like this? Or this? That's quite a good one. It's just like the cogs, the, the, the mechanics of your brain working. Or does it sound like this? Um, depending on if it's a very silly idea. Maybe it sounds like this. Right, that's, again, just your synapses uh, coming up with an idea. Maybe it's this one. Idea downloading. Sir, we're receiving an idea. Quickly write it down. What is it? That's how you had ideas in, like, the 40s. Um, maybe it's, may, again, if it's another stupid idea, it could be this. This is the one that I often get in my head. All right. Hey, that's a good idea. Uh, this is my favourite one, though. Ah, that sounds like my doorbell, to be honest. Uh, delivery for Mr. Thompson. Oh, yes, great. What is it? It's an idea. Oh, fantastic. Thank you very much. Anyway, the point is, um, you know, uh, those are just a few questions to get you thinking about coming up with ideas. So, how do I get my ideas? Um, well, probably like everyone else, I expect. Um, my ideas tend to come when I'm just walking around or sitting on the bus, um, and ideas just come, especially after I've been teaching, it seems. When I'm walking home from school, because I've been thinking about my students and the kinds of things that they respond to, uh, what they need to do or what they need to learn. Um, and then the ideas come on on the back of that kind of thing. But sometimes the ideas are just already in there, waiting to come out. And you just have to stop and let them arrive. Um, you know? Like, you just have to just get rid of all the distra- distractions and let the ideas come to the surface. Admittedly, sometimes they're terrible ideas, and I eventually realise that it's a terrible idea, and I go, oh, God, that's a load of old rubbish. Like, whatever it is, I don't know, like... A podcast about slugs? That's ridiculous. It'll never work. Uh, By the way, slugs are like snails, but with no shell. 
right? You know what I mean? Yeah, we all know what snails are because they're they're so special because they have shells on their back. Like, oh, look, it's carrying around its own house really slowly on its own back. How clever. In France, they go, mm, yum, let's cover it in garlic and butter and eat it. Yum, yum, yum. But everyone knows what a snail is, but uh, no one gives a damn about the, the slug, do they? You know why not? No shell. It's basically the same thing. It's just got no shell on the top. And, and as a result, people just don't care about the slug. Now, what I just said there, that is just a taste of what a whole podcast about slugs would be like. I think you can agree it would be a terrible idea, wouldn't it? Uh, unless you quite like that. May, I don't know, maybe you enjoyed the bit about slugs there. Um, in that case, well, maybe I could do a slug-based episode of the podcast at, at some point. But anyway, the point is, I think that we all have ideas we just have to be prepared to listen to them and give them a chance and then ultimately reject them. But at least give them a slight chance. Um, I mean, you know, it, you don't have to reject them, but the idea is that, you know, if you just kind of like give your ideas a chance, you, you'll get lots of them. Oh, can you hear that? Can you hear that? That's a weird sound, isn't it? Isn't that a bit disturbing? On the first Wednesday of every month in uh, in Paris, they test the air raid sirens. Has this ever happened on the podcast before? I don't know. But on the first Wednesday of every month, they test the air raid sirens for, like a, I guess, about a minute which is quite scary. When I first moved here, I didn't realise that it was a test, and I was like, oh my god, what's going on? Are we under attack? But no, it's just a test. Still, it's a bit freaky, isn't it? A bit unnerving to hear that. It's all across the whole city. Yeah. So, basically, if, you are, if you're planning on attacking Paris, then obviously, the uh, 12 o'clock on the first Wednesday of the month is the time to do it, because we'll all be going, oh, it's fine, it's just a test. Don't attack Paris, by the way. It's a lovely place, full of people who, I mean, sometimes the people are not very friendly, they can be a bit rude, but ultimately they're nice people. You know, they're just trying to go about their lives. Uh, Don't attack us, it's just, what's the point? Anyway, what was I saying? So, give your ideas a chance, okay? Give your ideas a chance, and um, you can reject some of them, but um, you've got to let them come out, let them kind of breathe, and then, it, you know, you can then decide which ones are the good ones and which ones are the not-so-good ones. Um, usually, if I just, like, switch off distractions, if I switch off my music or I stop reading or stop watching something or stop doing whatever it is I'm doing on the internet, an idea will just, bing, just arrive, and if I give it half a chance, it can develop into something that I can imagine being an episode of the podcast. That could apply to anything I would imagine. It doesn't have to be podcast episodes. Also, when I'm browsing the internet, I notice things, and I get ideas like that. Um, I get messages from listeners, um, and I can sense what they're into, and sometimes I get specific requests from listeners, which I can immediately picture as an episode of the podcast. Like someone will, you know, ask me a question or just send me something, and I'll be like, ah, oh, that's great. That could make a good episode. Also, I get lots of ideas from my wife with little interesting articles that she thinks I might be interested in, um, and stuff that she's found online. Um, 
honestly, I think she just gets distracted at work and she ends up like sending me like articles and things like that. But it's often a very good starting point for an episode of the podcast. Also, I just trying to use my teacher's intuition to pick things which will probably appeal to, to my audience. Um, by teacher's intuition, what I mean is just the feeling that I've picked up from teaching for quite a long time and just getting a sense of what works uh, with learners of English. Again, I'm sure I don't get it right every time. And I'm sure that some episodes that I do aren't that appealing to people. And some things that I'm sure will be a hit seem to get quite a muted response. But I think that in the end, the first rule in this kind of thing is to try and please yourself. Now, I know that sounds a bit selfish, like you should just care about, you know, yourself. But what I, what I mean is that you should have your own standards and don't be afraid to follow them. Um, right? You know, set your own standards and don't be afraid to, fo- to follow those. Although you should be listening to what other people want and what they request ultimately you should follow your own your own instinct and that will give your work some originality i think but you should never be too satisfied in your in your own work because there's always room for improvement a piece of work is never completed it's just abandoned you never really complete a work of something to satis- to a satisfying degree you know you never get to a point where you're like that's it my masterpiece is finished Instead, it's never finished. You just, at one point, you just have to decide to let it go. And it does feel like that most of the time. Sometimes you just have to bite the bullet and just go for it. Um, You should also, I think, take criticism with both praise. No, that's not what I'm saying. You should take criticism and praise with a pinch of salt, right? Uh, If you believe all of the praise that you get, if people say, oh, that was brilliant, blah, 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 you're wonderful. If you believe all the praise, it'll just go to your head. And then ultimately, you're just setting yourself up for a fall. So don't believe the hype. Don't believe your own hype too much. But also, if you think too much about the criticism that you get, it'll kill your confidence. So you just have to kind of trust your own instincts in the end and try to keep the standard high based on your own criteria. And always just dig a little bit deeper, try to go the extra mile in every way that you can. Listen to me talking like I really know what I'm doing, like laying down some wisdom like Yoda or something, you know. Um, I don't pretend to be a master at this at all. I'm just telling you what I know, all right. Um, um, How do I note down my ideas? I know that's what you're thinking. You're thinking, this is all very good, Luke, but how do you actually note your ideas down? Well, I tend to use Google Documents, as I said before, or if I'm outside, I'm on the go, if, if I'm on the bus, sometimes I'll just text myself, I'll write a text message to myself, or I'll keep a note in the notes application on my phone. Um, and then at home, when I get home, I collect all those ideas and just stick them into Google Documents. Sometimes I find scribbled notes on paper in my back pockets. I have um, like loads of little bits of paper. That's usually where I get the comedy ideas. So if I'm out and I'm maybe at a gig and um, it's like a few minutes before I'm due to go on stage or maybe after I've been on stage and I've got ideas of ways that I could have improved what I did, I will scribble them down on bits of paper or I'll have a little pad in my back pocket. Um, the Japanese shop Muji is really good for little pads that fit in your back pocket. So sometimes I will scribble things down on bits of paper, put them in my pocket, and later on I'll find them. Sometimes I put my jeans through the wash and then I find all this kind of like uh, 
this mess of like sort of uh, uh, destroyed paper that's been through the washing machine. It's like, oh my god, how many ideas were lost in these jeans? Um, but I tend to collect all my bits of paper, and I've actually got a folder here. Um, I've got a f- I've got a folder here in one of my drawers with loads of bits of paper in it. Um, and um, all these little bits of paper and ideas for things I want to turn into episodes of the podcast. Like, for example, uh, a couple of years ago, I took French lessons in a, a language school here in Paris, and during the lessons, I was writing down... I was not writing down notes in French on one side of the pad, and then at the back of the notebook, I was writing down all these other things in English. This just shows what a terrible student I am. Because I'm just thinking about podcast ideas and things instead of focusing on the language stuff. But at the back of the book, I was writing down all these ideas that were coming to me. Because being a student in a language classroom was so kind of interesting to me. Because normally, you know, I'm the teacher in that situation. So being a student, being on the other side was really interesting. And that kind of juxtaposition uh, just kind of gave me all these ideas and I had to write them all down a lot of the stuff I was writing down was like comments about the teacher and the way that the teacher was teaching the lesson and also things that it made me realize about being a language learner so I wrote all these scribbled ideas down at the back of my notebook really quickly so I've got that in my pad um, all these ideas and things uh, which I should make into an episode of the podcast soon you know I, I guess I'm, I don't talk about learning French that much because, to be honest, I'm a bit ashamed about my lack of progress. And it's probably because, as you can hear in this episode, I spend so much bloody time doing this podcast and thinking about stupid ideas about slugs and things uh, that I don't end up uh, spending enough time on, on my French. Another excuse. Actually, about slugs, I'd never, honestly, I'd never considered, uh, considered an episode about slugs before today. And I just came up with that idea as a joke. But it's becoming strangely appealing to me now, just talking about slugs for an hour. That would be ridiculous. You do know, you know what slugs are, of course. You know what snails are. Those kind of uh, squidgy, soft little um, creatures that move really slowly and they leave a trail, like a little silver trail on the floor. And they carry their, their home on, on their back. It's like a shell, like a spiralled-shaped shell. And if you... Uh, touch it you know they've got their eyes on stalks and if you uh, if their eyes touch something then the eyes kind of come back in and they they can go all the way inside their shell that's a snail french people are famous for eating them with garlic and butter Uh, but also there are slugs and slugs are basically like as far as i can tell they're like snails but without the shell so they're like the kind of low rent snail essentially Right, no, I'm not doing the slug podcast now. That's not what I'm here to do. Anyway, um, so if I ever, I wonder if I'll ever get round to making all those episodes that I've got in like folders and Google documents and things like that. Now, um, here's another question for myself, which is how do you develop those ideas to the point that you actually start recording? Well, sometimes, I ha- as I said, I have to write notes or just think about a subject. Um, in order to get where I need to be to start recording something about it. Um, Then again, sometimes the best way is to do absolutely no preparation at all and just start talking about a subject. But that does feel a bit risky 
because who knows what I'll say and who knows if I'll actually deal with the subject in the way that I intended and who knows which nation of people I might inadvertently offend without meaning to. Uh, But generally, I do spend a fair amount of time writing some notes in advance to make sure that I cover all the details that I want and to give the subject a good chance, basically. But the contradiction is that I actually hate reading from notes. I hate reading from scripts. Um, and I always advise like my students that they, should, they shouldn't prepare scripts in advance of a presentation, that they should just try to practice delivering the message without reading it f- uh, from a script, because I think it's much better, it's much more effective and much more engaging. So I'd much rather just speak off the top of my head, but it's really hard to do that and cover all the points that I want to cover at the same time. So it's kind of a balancing act between preparing and not preparing, essentially. Then when it comes to the recording, actually switching on the microphone and starting the recording, I have to kind of get myself pumped up, okay? I have to get myself pumped up, and generally I do this by drinking tea. That's how that's how a British person gets pumped up and then I just imagine that like Arnold Schwarzenegger is my personal trainer and he's there going come on Luke let's get pumped let's get pumped up let's pump it up Luke come on Luke show me what you're made of I know you can do it Luke pump it up let's get pumped up Luke I know I know that you can do it show me what you're made of show show me what you're capable of Luke and I'm like all right Arnold I'll just put the kettle on Okay, look, put on, put the kettle on, Luke. Sh- put the kettle on, make the tea, show me what you're made of. So I get pumped up and then I start recording and I try to be loose and natural and normal. I try to be normal. That's right. I have to try to be normal um, because it's actually more difficult than you might think to just sound normal rather than sound all weird, you know? Like, as soon as you start recording and you become self-conscious and you start thinking, oh, people are going to listen to this, then you get all kind of awkward and weird. Try it yourself. Imagine you're a presenter uh, of, like, a radio show or something and you've, you've got to do your own radio show. How can you start the show without it sounding all fake and weird? It's actually quite hard. Um, you end up, Either you end up sort of sounding like a cliched radio guy. Hi, you're listening to The Drive Time Show with uh, Luke Thompson. Today we're talking about phrasal verbs. You know, you end up kind of doing that, which is how so many radio DJs speak. Um, or you end up sounding like some sort of weird robot. Uh, hello, and today on the podcast I'm going to talk about phrasal verbs and this, you know... So it's actually kind of weird. It's difficult to get natural. Um, you have to just try to get into the right frame of mind. Um, I have to remember that there's a person or, well, hopefully more than just a person, people listening on the other end. I have to remember that at all times. There's a human being or hopefully a number of human beings on the other end. And I don't just mean Agent Smith from the NSA uh, or or the, the, the robot, you know, software algorithms that they that they employ to monitor my podcast i wonder if those robot algorithms are mates with the people who make that music i was doing earlier on i wonder um i'm going to play some more of that music later because i quite like to checking out the 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 way that algorithms make music anyway i have to try and remember that there are actually people human people listening on the other end um because if i don't then sometimes my concentration drifts and if that's happening, then probably the listener's con- con- uh, uh, conversation, no, concentration, 
concentration. Um, I have to remember that there's another human being on the other side um, when I'm talking, and uh, because if I don't, then my my concentration drifts, and if that happens, then probably your concentration drifts too. Does your concentration ever drift when you're listening to this? It probably does, um, just like it does in many situations, like, for example, when you're reading a book. That happens to me all the time when I'm reading. I'll be reading a book and then you know, I'll, I'll go through a few pages and then I'll realise I've been reading this book, right, but I've got no idea what's going on or what's happened for the last three pages. I've been thinking about slugs and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Pump it up! Come on, slug! Come on, I know you can do it! Um, come on, slug, show me what you're made of! Oh! Um, anyway... Uh, you know when you're reading and you realise that you haven't been concentrating and you've just got no idea what you've just read on the last three pages and you have to go back? Well, I want to avoid that happening on the podcast. So I have to, if possible, I have to keep trying to avoid that by sort of reaching out to grab your attention. Like, come on, come on, wake up, concentrate. I'm not sure if I always achieve that, but uh, but there it is, you know. I just think anyway, like for you if you're doing a presentation or something you do always have to be trying to reach out to get the attention of the audience somehow this can be done i mean i do it on the podcast by doing stupid things um but um if you're doing a a presentation that can just be something simple like making sure that you're that you're looking at everyone that you're talking to like you know not obsessively not staring into their eyes but just sort of like you know casually making sure that you're engaging each person in the room it could mean uh, in a presentation it could mean could mean like just stepping forwards sometimes or stepping back a little bit um just to make sure that you're you're you know you're staying engaged there with with people um so um on the podcast often i make false starts and i have to stop and start again this happens quite a lot especially at the beginning of an episode I have to get myself in in the the right frame of mind, and then I'll start. I hit record, and I'll be like, "Hello, you're listening to Luke's English podcast." And to, oh, oh bollocks! I'll start again, you know. And I end up doing that loads and loads of times. It happens a lot. The first two minutes of an episode, I think, are quite important. So I have to try and get it right without making any little mistakes, without fluffing any lines. I have to start talking naturally. I think there's a difference between just starting the episode and starting an episode in a way that draws people in and i try to think about the people listening and what they're doing what you're doing as you listen like for example all those ninjas out there on public transport who think that they're just listen- listening i know what you i know you ninjas you're out there you're on your bus or whatever on somewhere in the world and you just think you're just quietly listening yeah i'm just listening no need to worry no need to you know actually communicate with luke i'll just listen silently i'll keep myself to myself well yeah you you right now you on the bus yeah i'm focusing on you i'm watching you i'm not actually watching you but i'm let's say i'm watching you i don't know i don't know who you are i don't know where you are but i will hunt you down i will track you down i will find you and then i'll just make a nice podcast for you to listen to how's your journey you feeling all right yep good um Another thing is to try to I try to switch off the editor a bit. I've talked about switching off the editor on the podcast before. I did a whole episode about it. It was called something like how to switch off your editor to build your fluency in English, something like that. Episode 401. So switching off your editor just means 
trying I, I, I just try uh, I try not to limit myself too much um, to switch off your editor just means being prepared to let it all go let the ideas come out let the thoughts come out without trying to control them or filter them or limit them or worry too much about what people will think it's really hard to do that it's hard to switch off your editor and just let things come out and just you know let your internal monologue come out through your mouth it's hard to do that because it feels like a risk because it feels like you're going to make a fool of yourself. But I think it's an important part of the process of writing, coming up with, with ideas, writing anything, including comedy, for example. You have to let it all just come out without worrying, like without worrying about, oh, I can't say that, or that's a bit silly, or, oh, I can't talk about slugs. What are people going to think? You, you know, naturally, we block out those ideas. Um, I mean, we block out the creative ideas. But you have to try and switch off that thing and then you're more likely to come up with sort of funny interesting or original things in theory of course in theory i'm sure that often when i switch off my editor i just do make a fool of myself but i think really it's about being brave enough to kind of take it all further um i'm sure sometimes i say things that make me sound silly and some people are like stop talking about slugs but there it is you know you just got to try and find your originality and you know, switching off your editor and being prepared to make a fool of yourself on one hand can be a risk because you can make yourself look silly. But on the other hand, you can benefit so much from it because it gives you uh, like this clear kind of, um, uh, what's the word for it? A clear canvas and it can allow good ideas to come out, you know. So it's a bit of a risk. Again, it's a balancing act between sort of... um, uh, coming up with nonsense and on the other hand just letting ideas co- uh, come out and it is about being brave enough to take it further um, yeah a balancing act that's what I've said um, you have to be careful not to say anything too stupid or too embarrassing or offensive or just plain wrong but on the other hand you have to try not to limit yourself to the point that none of your personality comes through so you have to you have to try and let your personality come through even though it's a bit of a risk it's a balancing act Occasionally, um, I will start recording, and for whatever reason, if I'm not satisfied, I just have to stop and get rid of what I recorded and just start again from scratch. But usually, I'm able to keep going. Um, I play music sometimes at the beginning. I just think it sounds nice. It sounds like a show if there's music at the start. If I'm doing it right, I don't notice the time passing. Sometimes I lose track of time because I'm involved, I'm into what I'm doing. And hopefully that's the same thing for you too. Hopefully when you really get into listening to this, you don't really notice the time passing. Hopefully. Um, I like to think that's a good thing. Um, I try to use some comedy skills to try to make it funny sometimes. I can't explain how to do this or even indeed if I do manage to make it funny at all. Um, I'm sure there are plenty of times when I make jokes and nobody notice or, or nobody notices or nobody gets the joke or simply that the joke isn't funny. I don't know. But I do actually, to be fair, I do get quite a lot of messages from people telling me that they, uh, list, they laugh out loud when they're listening on public transport and then they feel all, all embarrassed. Good. If that's the case, good. I'm really glad that I'm embarrassing you in public in front of other people because... You know, if you're one of those ninjas who's like on a bus, like, oh, I'm just on a bus, no problem. And then you start laughing. Ha! Got you. Got you, didn't I? Yeah. Um, 
I do think it helps actually uh, if it's funny or amusing or just entertaining in some way. I think that helps you to listen to more, and I, I, th- I th- I'm sure it must help the learning process somehow, like breaking down the affective filter, you know, all that sort of thing. How do you make something funny? Um, this is a very difficult question to 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 answer. I'm not sure I know the answer, but here we go anyway. I think often it means trying to take a situation further, okay? That could mean, like, acting out a situation that you've just talked about. So don't just describe the situation, but act it out as well. Now, that, that, might, not, that might not apply to every, like, presentation situation you're in. I think it does apply to English teaching. If you're a teacher, you're in a classroom, and you're presenting language, sometimes it's really great to actually act out the language in a little dialogue with yourself. Um, or if you, you know, if you're doing a podcast or something, it can be great to just take it a little bit further. Instead of describing language, you actually, you know, demonstrate that language. It's really the concept of show don't tell which is a a well-known concept in communication and the idea is that you shouldn't just describe something you should actually show that thing Uh, and it's true in movies as well like storytelling in movies instead of just having a character describing something that happened you actually show it happening in comedy instead of describing a situation you actually act out that situation you show you don't tell uh, so, for example, if you're talking about how British weeple, British weeple, weeple, yes, that's a whole new race of of, uh, of people in Britain. They're small, uh, they're a bit like hobbits. Uh, weeple, um, any, yeah, British weeple. No, forget. Never mind the British weeple. They're like leprechauns. We don't talk about them. Just forget about that. Okay, forget about the weeple. Okay, it's just an urban myth. It's just a conspiracy theory. They don't really exist. It's fine. Shit. Um, Anyway, British people. If you're talking about how British people talk about the weather, um, you know, don't just describe the situation, but act it out as well. Have a conversation between two people talking about the weather. Um, And you're you're doing both voices. Um, Doing stand-up has shown me that you can do two parts of a conversation and the audience are more than capable of filling in the details themselves. And in fact... When the audience are filling in all the details, that's kind of what makes it fun. So, for example, you could be like, oh, it's hot today, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is hot. Oh, it's so boiling. It's, it's hard to sleep when it's like this, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's really difficult to sleep when it's this, this hot. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Bloody immigrants. Sorry? Immigrants? Well, yeah, it's the bloody immigrants, isn't it? Coming over here from their hot countries, heating up our atmosphere. What? Okay, that's not particularly funny, maybe, but you get the idea, right? Just taking it a bit further, you know, like, oh God, it's it it's it won't stop raining, eh? It's July and it's still raining. Oh yeah, I know, bloody immigrants. You what? Immigrants? Yeah, bloody. It's like a tidal wave of immigrants, isn't it? Sorry, are you talking about immigrants or water? Can you make up your mind? Um, all right, that was that was uh, was that funny? I don't know. Anyway, um, so show don't tell. Um, uh yeah that that was an idea what i was trying to demonstrate there is the idea of like taking something a little bit further just pushing it a bit further 
Um, obviously, you wouldn't do that if you're a teacher and you're presenting the way that British people talk about the weather. To do it in a more sensible way, of course, it would be like, you know, British people, if you're uh, starting a conversation, it might be normal to talk about neutral topics like the weather. For example, um, you know, you get to work. It's like, oh, it's really hot, isn't it, today? Yeah, it's boiling, isn't it? You know? Uh, yeah, it's really hot, isn't it? Yeah, it's boiling, isn't it? Um uh, it's not very comfortable. No, it's it's really uh, it's really close, isn't it? Today, uh, did you come here on the on the tube? Yeah, I did. Oh, it was a nightmare. Oh, the tube. Oh, the tube. Uh. Don't go uh at the end. All right, people don't normally do that. Anyway, you can you can also comment on on what would happen if something kind of silly was true. Okay, if something silly was true. Um, you can just comment on it. So I'm, I'm still talking about the idea of sort of coming up with funny ideas or trying to make things funny. So imagine something that something silly was true. You take that logic, you take that sort of non-logic and then run with it as if it was logical. So you take a non-logical situation and take it to its non-logical conclusion. For example, the idea that pets uh, are listening to this podcast and learning English from it. Okay, like what are they doing with that information? You could take that idea and run with it. Um, For example, you could be like, welcome to the podcast, whoever you are, wherever you are in the world. uh, You're all welcome to listen. Uh, Men, women, children, any pets listening, you're welcome to. Um, I don't know what you're doing with this information. Maybe, maybe if you are a pet, maybe, maybe pets learn English from this podcast. But but we don't realise. Maybe they're learning English like, you know, you're just listening to the podcast and your cat's on the sofa. Maybe your cat has been learning English, but they don't tell us. They don't tell us that they can speak English because if we knew that our pets spoke English, then we'd make them pay rent, wouldn't we? You know, if your cat was like, oh, I I thought that was an interesting episode. What? You can speak English? Right. I'm charging you rent for, for living here. Uh, you know, that's just an example of taking uh, non-logic to its non-logical conclusion, you see. Um, I mean, I'm just rambling here about trying to come up with funny ideas. Something to do with these things. Now, how does this relate to making a learning English podcast? Well, um, I think it's just about how you make stuff up that's enjoyable to listen to. And that's important for any subject, you know. I think it makes a big difference if there's a bit of fun, a little bit of play involved, doesn't it? Um, so you can point out something that you've noticed that people don't often talk about, point out certain odd things about the world that everyone experiences that we rarely talk about, which is the basis of observational humour. I mean, that's what Jerry Seinfeld has built a career on. Um, and, um, you could just sort of make fun of things that happen to everybody or make fun of mistakes that you've made. I mean, I, I, I often do that try to make fun of mistakes I've made like for example when I slip up when I say the wrong thing like when I talk about weeple instead of people when I make a slip of the tongue um, uh, don't be afraid to make a fool of yourself and don't worry too much if you do I mean that obviously depends on the situation of course if you're the prime minister you might want to avoid you know openly making a fool of yourself in public although actually I wouldn't mind if Theresa May did more stupid things in public. I think it might make her more likeable. You know, it couldn't make her any less likeable, could it, really? Come on, Teresa, fall over in public or something, or drop a cake on someone's head by mistake. Maybe you could accidentally punch Boris Johnson. 
actually, it doesn't have to be an accident. Just punch Boris Johnson. That would be fine. I think that's what the country wants. In fact, it's what the country needs, goddammit. Anyway, really, it's about letting your mind wander and trying to allow your voice to speak about those thoughts in a coherent way. Because I think that most people, most of us have crazy thoughts in our heads from time to time, but we never say them out loud, especially in public, which is probably a good thing, to be honest. I wouldn't advise just wandering around in public, just saying the things you're, you're thinking. Like wandering around going, oh, this left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. Oh, you're attractive. Left foot, right foot. Oh, I'd like to buy, uh, I'd like to buy all the things in that shop, uh, but I can't. Maybe I'll rob it. No, I won't. That's elite. You know, you can't do that, obviously. But what I'm saying is that we all have this monologue going on in our heads. And so it's quite amusing, I think, when someone puts that monologue into words. I think this is part of the appeal of doing stand-up comedy, hearing what someone... Uh, hearing someone talking about what we've been thinking but we've never put into words. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Essentially, I'm talking about making your stuff entertaining. Um, You know, what do you think? What do you think makes something entertaining? It's a bit of a mystery, isn't it, really? Um, Let me know what you think and let me know about, you know, how you can apply any of this stuff I'm talking about regarding creativity. How could you apply that to any of the things that you do maybe if you have to do a presentation or if you're involved in any form of um, like you know creative work what do you think and 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 tell me what you think is the key to making something entertaining um actually i think that one of the most entertaining things to listen to is just simple human interaction between friends or interaction between people that's genuine they don't even have to be friends it's it's usually just captivating just listening to people um talking to each other in a genuine way and if you get the right people together with a good dynamic between you like for example people who know each other well and get on well then it doesn't really matter what you're talking about i think and i think language wise this is also true i think unplanned situations between people can reveal interesting and authentic language while also being just hopefully engaging to listen to um and, and another thing I've, I've found useful to remember is just to focus on giving to the audience somehow. Uh, this is an important thing for anyone talking publicly, like when you're doing a presentation or comedy or anything. Focus on giving to the audience, not trying to get their approval. Um, all right, then. Fine. I think, that, um, I think that's enough for this episode. I, th- I hope that you found it interesting. Are you still with me, Carlos? Did we find Carlos? Did we find him yet? No, they've got helicopters out looking for him. I hope he's all right. God, where is he? Let's listen to a bit more robot music, shall we? Um, where is it? Where, where's, where's all my robot music? It's here. Juke deck stuff. Let's have a little listen to some stuff made by robots. Here we go. So with this website, jukedeck.com, I think, you kind of like set your parameters. Like I want like a kind of rock tune or i want a lounge tune or ambient or drum and bass you set the instruments you want the length of the piece of music you want and then you just hit enter and it produces something the robots the like artificial intelligence gets in the studio and they come up with this and it's like inspirational um inspirational music made by computers 
It's strangely effective. But it's also kind of a bit meandering, you know what I mean? Like meandering, like the... It's like the guitarist doesn't really quite know where he's going. It's just like general blah de blah kind of meandering sounds. But you realise there's no real underlying melody. It's just random guitar-y sounds. Where's the melody going to go next? We don't know. Those robots have got soul. And are they going to end the song? Are they going to end it properly? Or is it just going to just sort of fall apart at the end? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. Okay, folks, thank you for listening all the way up to the end of this episode. Uh, don't forget that I will be covering language that's come up in this one, okay? I promise. All of those phrases with get, other bits of vocab that you might have noticed, I'm going to go through it with you uh, uh, in the podcast um, very soon. There's going to be another one after this about technology. So the recording process, recording equipment and things like that. So there'll be another one. And then the language, all right? Okay, good. You're still with me, right? You're still alive? I hope that you're not just a skeleton with your headphones on somewhere. Of course you're not. You're all fully engaged on buses and stuff, aren't you? Just loads of Lepsters riding around on buses and trains uh, all over Lepland. Where are you going? What, like, where are you going? What are you doing? What are you doing? Where are you going? What are you doing? Where have you been? What's happening? Let me know. Leave a comment in the comments section. I'd love to know, for example, the situation that you're in as you listen to this. Uh, that would be that would be nice to know. All right then, thanks for listening. Uh, join the mailing list, and you'll get an email in your inbox whenever I upload new stuff. Uh, but for now, uh, it's just time to say goodbye. Bye 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.